Isn't it wild that you can go to a dinner and eat orchids and chocolate mousse and that helps the gospel advance in Belize? Like, sign me up. Well, um, it is Valentine's season for sure. It's pretty wild. This um, the stuff I'm going to share tonight comes out of two different Bible studies I've been in this week where people ask different questions. We were talking about, um, you know, marriage and what's the point of it and what's the meaning of it. And why do people date and why, why bother with relationships and stuff like that? And uh, and so I started looking at the scriptures like, yeah, why do we do this? What are we doing? And the Lord is very faithful and the Lord is very helpful and he has a sense of humor. And it's pretty wild to see, gosh, maybe this whole, um, I, I don't want, yeah, I need another disclaimer here. My, my charge to give you tonight isn't just for your marriage. Um, cause this, this applies to single people too. It applies to, you know, you're, you're with a whole lot of people during the day, not just your spouse or your, you know, all that. And, um, and it really applies to the whole body of Christ and the whole kingdom of heaven. So when God created man, there's some weird context that gives you an idea of what's going on and why. And in Genesis two, it gives, it gives the setting of, of creation. And, you know, sometimes you, you read through it and you kind of, you go too fast. This is how I am. I read the Bible and I go too fast and I miss stuff. And then like 20 years later, you're reading it real slow and you see something that you never saw before. Genesis 2, 5 says, when there's no bushes in the field and was, there's nothing in the land, no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. So when God created everything, there was a moment where there weren't fields of things growing. Like he made plants and he put plants around, but there weren't like Kansas, right? There weren't crops. Why? For the Lord had not caused it to rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground. So all of a sudden there's this, there's this kind of problem, right? There's, we know God made the plants, but there's no man there to work it. And so all of a sudden you get, what's kind of the purpose that man, you know, it, it puts a little conflict in all the great stories, right? Have a little bit of conflict. Well, the conflict is there's no guy there to work it, to work the land. Then you skip down to 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. You know, it says to work it and to keep it. So, God makes man and he puts him in the garden to work it and to keep it. Why? You go back to five because there weren't crops because there was no man to work the ground. And then we don't know how much time passed. We have no clue. But then a little bit later, the Lord God said this verse 18. It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. The Hebrew is like. You can, you can interpret it two different ways. Contrary to him or complementary to him. A reflection of him. Kind of like him, but kind of different, right? God's, 
made woman for the purpose of the man not being alone. And it doesn't say it was bad. He says it's not good, which is proof that you don't know, have to know evil to know good. But that's for another day. Oh, goodness. All right. So that's the creation. Created to work the soil, work, make this thing, bring order to things and build something. But not to do it alone, because that's not good. So this work and building. And then, of course, a side effect of man and woman is all of a sudden there's going to be a whole bunch of other people. Right. It's like there's never one rabbit. You see two rabbits in your yard. Just brace yourself. You're about to have rabbits. It's not good for man to be alone. He's got this task to build, to grow, to work. And God wants him to have somebody helping him. And so they help. And you know what happens? Fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth all over the place. Then several thousand years later, depending on how you count it, Paul writes to the church and the church is referred to as the body of Christ. This group of people that are not alone and they are so not alone. They're referred to as a single body. Where else have you heard that? Two will become one flesh, right? People that are so close that they're it's like they're one person. And the body of Christ is so close in Christ that we can operate like one person who is a part, a part of Christ. And so Paul encourages the Thessalonian church, this first Thessalonians 511. God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. So salvation has come. We have it. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Encourage and build. Doesn't that sound just exactly like what Adam was made to do? Encourage, grow this stuff, build, encourage and build one another up in love. You guys, it gets even better. I know, I know. Some of y'all, this is a vineyard, you know, Romans, Romans 15 has these awesome things that Paul says in closing to the church. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. Now, I love the way he says that because anybody, anybody since Adam has at some part thought they were strong about something and oh, that poor person is weak. Any of you were the only person at your table to eat the orchid? Come on. I totally condescended and looked down at everybody that they didn't eat the orchid. No, I did not. But what does he say? You strong people that think you're so tough. Bear with the failings of the weak and not to please yourself, to please them. That's what's implied. Bear with the weaker person for their benefit. Hmm. Each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. The whole purpose is to build up our neighbor. 
And so now suddenly our mandate, like Adam's mandate was to work the soil and to grow it. Our mandate is to build one another, to build other people up. Gosh, skip down to Romans 15, four, whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance, through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in whatever relationship you're in, from your marriage to your relationship with your kids, to your relationship with your grandkids, to your relationship with your Across the alley neighbor, we live in the city, so we have across the alley neighbors. May God give you encouragement and grant you to live with so much encouragement that it's in accordance with Christ Jesus. So together with one voice, you will glorify God. Then the last encouragement he gives, or that I'm going to give you tonight, we all want to grow spiritually, right? I, 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 don't, I don't know a lot of you face to face, but I'm willing to bet that somehow wherever you are, some little bit you want to grow inwardly. And there is a, no formulas. Jesus, every time Jesus healed somebody, he healed somebody different. Almost like I'm going to mess up all you people that are trying to get the witch doctor formula and the magic spell to do it. I'm going to do it a different way every time just to mess you all up. So you got to come to me directly. But there's a formula. (gasps) What? To work with the Holy Spirit and to grow with the Holy Spirit. It's hidden in 1 Corinthians 14. And he's talking all about spiritual gifts. He's talking about prophecy and tongues and healings and all these works of power. And he says, so with yourself, since you are eager for the manifestations of the spirit. Oh, yeah. Me, 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 me. Right. Right. Eager for the manifestations of the spirit. He tells you what to do. Strive to excel in. I bet you can guess it. Strive to excel in building up the church. He says through all of this. All the spiritual gifts are given not for you so you can sit in the cabin or sit on a mountaintop and talk in tongues and prophesy and heal the crickets. It's for the church. It's for other people. And so if you excel in building so with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. And so what does that have to do with Valentine's Day? Oh my gosh, it's, I don't have to tell you, right? It starts right at your table. It starts on the car ride home. It starts when you are getting ready for church tomorrow. It starts when you go to work. There's just seek and strive. How can I build up where two or more are gathered? Jesus is there. And I know that's about rebuking and correction. So hold off on that. But where Jesus is there. As you are encouraging and building one another up. And I had a buddy, he's a, in a country that none of us can know where he is. And he said, God loves to answer the prayers that he gives you to pray in the Bible. 
And so if it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. I am confident that God will, will hold himself to that. Let's pray. Lord, do it in us. Show us ways that we can excel in building up the church, not just in spouses and significant others, but in the folks that we talk to at the door and the folks that we work with, the folks that we interact with at the grocery store. Help us, Lord. We I'm just going to say it. We already strive. We are already striving. Okay, we're here. We we are we are wanting to excel. And, uh, and I pray for the manifestation of your Holy Spirit in our lives as we do this. I pray that you bless every relationship in this room, that you would build them up, that you yourself would build up the relationships in this room. And that just like your other promise that I love, that all men would know that we are your disciples for our love for one another. Thank you, Lord. Also, bless Belize. Bless all the people getting blessed by the building and the work in progress. Bless this team's safe travel there and back. And I just pray for your glory to uh, rain down in, in every one of our lives and, and all the little circles that we operate in. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. Amen.